0: Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Amen. It's good to be here, isn't it? Uh, You know, you you can't um, underestimate the power of being in the right service. And, um, you know, I I feel impressed to share a couple of things tonight. Uh, And then we'll dive back over into worship and just have a a moment where the Holy Spirit can just speak to us even further. Um, You know, you hear me say it all the time, but it's the truth. Um, You know, singing and worship are two different things. Uh, Singing, you can do with any song. Worship, you can only do with something unto the Lord. But when you sow the seed of talking unto the Lord, you shouldn't be surprised by the harvest of God talking to you. And that's what makes church so wonderful, is that oftentimes you're listening to worship, but not really worshiping. And church, at least the right one, will give you an opportunity to worship and to give you an opportunity to, to come before the Lord with that. And when done correctly, it it oftentimes is one of those only times during the week that's truly set aside for that purpose of really doing that. And, And it sets up an environment where not only you're refreshed and energized spiritually, washed spiritually, but it also sets up an environment for God to give you direction and to give you guidance for what he's trying to show you. Uh, And so I'm excited about that, and excited that you're here, and my mom is here tonight. Uh, So yes, so thankful to have you guys here with us, uh, and uh, excited about that. So open up uh, your Bibles if you brought them tonight, or your Bible apps, whatever you've got there, Uh, and let's go over to the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, I've got multiple notes, we'll just see where we end up, but I feel like some very specific things to say as well. A couple of um, Sunday nights, the last time I shared here, it's, it's like been a month, uh, but I'll be here the whole month of July. Uh, so we're excited to just be with you. Uh, we started talking about prophecy and the, the role it plays in our life. And, and so if you weren't there for that message, you can go and listen to it on podcast. And we just kind of talked about how prophecy is essential. And it's always been essential that you can't take prophecy out of the life of the believer. You can't take prophecy out of the word of God. To take prophecy out of the word of God literally eradicates the Old and the New Testament. God wants to speak to his people and God wants to speak to you. And we said not only does God want to speak to you, but God wants to speak through you. Um, That all of us can prophesy that on the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And I love that of like the thought of our daughters prophesying and our sons prophesying of, of God moving upon them so strongly that no matter who you are, your daughters, no matter who you are, your sons, Uh, that, That we can see the spirit of God, not just speak to us, but the spirit of God speak through us. And so we talked about why prophecy is so important. And I want to pick up really where we left off. And so we said this, that prophecy is designed by God to awaken you to God. And we see this in the book of 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14 um, all of us can come to these places where we have, you know, cute little church and nice little religion and all those types of things. And it's good. We, we have moments where we should sing songs and we have moments where, you know, we, we take good notes in church and all those types of things. And teaching and preaching and singing are all part of the Christian experience. But prophecy is where God gets real, um, it's ministry, and it's where God is dealing directly to you. So uh, in teaching and preaching, it's global, and you can teach and preach with a spirit of prophecy. A lot of like, old-time Pentecostal people will say, like, he's reading my mail, and use terminology like that. It's like, we were just talking about that in the car on the way to church, or whatever it may be. That's preaching with the spirit of prophecy, and it's, it's more than just you hearing from um, a person. It's you begin to hear from God, but there's also like that individual prophecy, and this is what we're talking about here, because when there is individual prophecy where God is moving by his spirit, it awakens God to you, it makes God personal, and you are seen by God, and you are known by God, and it's very precious, and it's, it's amazing too, and like I said, it happens through you to someone else. And this is what Paul was writing here when he said here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse number 24. Um, And he's correcting them a lot because the church was moving out of balance and was causing confusion. confusion. So he's trying to bring them back over into a grounded faith. And he said, but if all prophesy, notice that the terminology, if all prophesy. Um, and, And Paul said, I want you all to prophesy. But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an ungifted man, meaning someone who's like, I had no idea I could even operate in prophecy. I had no idea what this even looks like. Uh, An ungifted man enters. He is convicted by all, and he is called to account by all, and the secrets of his heart are disclosed so that he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you, that God is in you in truth, the King James says. And and my question would be, when's the last time this happened in your Christian walk? Where God was moving through you so strongly that an unbeliever, someone who was ungifted, was like, God is in you in truth. Of like, what God just told you, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And when's the last time that happened to you where the secrets of your heart were made manifest and God is like seeing you and you feel seen by God. This is designed by God to like solidify your Christian faith Um, that it's, you know, it's like, do you believe that Jonah actually got swallowed by a well or like all of these things that people want to kind of like take to in the Old Testament? Like, how could the earth only be a certain amount of year old or like that kind of thing? But prophecy comes and it's like only a living God could have told you that. Only the Lord could have moved you over into that. And and I want us to be more hungry for this, because this is genuinely one of the things that the Bible tells us to covet. Uh, To covet spiritual gifts, to come to a place that this is what you desire. And if you desire something, and I know this because I have kids, if you desire something, you know what you do? You ask for it. If you are desiring something big time, you are asking for it. If you want it for Christmas, you will ask your father for it for Christmas. If you, you want it for, from your spouse, you'll say, it's my birthday coming up or whatever it may be. If you want something, you'll ask for it. If you're at a restaurant, you see something on the menu, you want it, you'll ask for it. And Paul is saying, like I, I don't know, want you just to want spiritual gifts. He literally said, covet them. Come to a place where you see, and and like, I'm here so much now, more so than any other stage in my life. I see what the enemy is trying to do in our world. And it is so like, I I can't believe some of the things that I'm watching. And we have to make God real to people. And the way God is going to be real in our lives and in the lives of of the world is by seeing the spirit and operation in us and through us. And and how do we get there? Well, you've got to ask for it. You've got to covet it. And I want you to wake up and I want you to pray like, you know what I want today, Father? I don't just want a new car. You know what I want today, Father? I want to be used by you. I want to speak for you. I want to see what you see. I want to know what you know. I want to hear what you hear. I want to be a vessel to be used for your glory. Like, I want to see the needs of people. And I want to be used by you to meet those needs and to be open to that. And the more you begin to desire it, the more God will begin to take you in that direction. And so these things should be happening to us uh, often. And I want to set that expectation in your life for these things to happen to you often. And I want to set that expectation in my life for these things to happen to us often. Uh, so one example, and this is kind of a small, one, but I just felt led to, to use this example of how you know, fun this is and what it can look like. Uh, my son likes shoes. I am not a clothes shoe person at all, like at all at all. I'm rough on clothes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually brutal on them. My wife, my wife makes fun of me of how like hard I am on clothes I, I just don't care about them and there's nothing wrong if you do like like I said, it's my son's thing He, he likes shoes and I'm okay with that um, And I think it's very interesting uh, like that God even cares about these things and somebody says God cares about it. I think so like when the when the prodigal came home, he literally put on him the best robe He didn't care if he had something nice and then even like like out of that, when Jesus is teaching on don't worry about your life, he said, look at the flowers of the field. And I, I'm not a closed person, but I do like flowers and landscape and like I like things to look pretty, like around my house. And we've got some magnolia trees. And when the, 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 the flowers come out, and the magnolias come out, I'm like, that's amazing. It's beautiful. And he said, look at that. He said, if I so clothe those things, um, you know, don't you think I'll clothe you? Even Solomon, the richest man ever, uh, was not clothed like unto those. And this, I don't have a problem clothing you that way. And and we also know the other end of that because, you know, prosperity gospel and everything takes things to such an extreme that Paul would come back and write. And he said, but don't find your identity in your clothes. Like, don't allow who you are to be based off of the plating of your hair or the wearing of silver or gold. And so there's always this balance. Uh, so, but anyway, my son is interested in these things. And so um, I have no knowledge of it. So I get with you know people and men who do, and they've introduced me to all kinds of apps. Goat, uh, sneakers, uh, the, the sneakers app from Nike, uh, StockX, you know, all of these kinds of things. And I'm like, okay, like I, I know a little bit about collecting uh, because I, I've collected cards for years, baseball cards, that kind of thing. Uh, And so this fascinates me. So I'm like, I'm not paying that for shoes. But I saw like the Nike thing with the the sneaker app. If I get on there and I get notified and I have fast fingers, I can get the shoe before it gets to StockX or GOAT. And then maybe even get it and resell it for a higher value. I'm like, now this is a language I can understand. So anyway, I get on the sneaker app from Nike. And there's this certain thing that like i'm like notify me when it's ready i get on and all the sizes are sold but like that i would get for boston he's 11 and a half which is kind of interesting because i'm 11 and a half too so it's like if i ever did want to wear like something i could just go in his closet but anyway I, they don't have that size they're only bigger they're only have the bigger sizes and i'm looking i'm like ah, but i have this witness in my heart buy a pair i'm like for what and, but I know it's the Lord. He's like, buy a pair. And I'm like, okay. So I go and I select it, and I buy a pair off the app. Well, a couple of weeks later, it comes in, and it's in my office, because anything that I think I might give my kids or my wife, I have it sent to the church versus home because I don't want my kids or wife to find it. And so, like, I thought, well, maybe, you know, Boston could get his feet in it, and it'd be okay, you know, that kind of thing. It's like he probably wouldn't be running in these or, like, doing athletics in them. It's just style. And so, like, I could put them back there, maybe wrap them, give them for Christmas, that kind of thing. And so I I get the shoes, and when they come in, in the box, I open it up, and I know they're for somebody. And so I say out loud, I'm like, who's this for? I'm looking at these shoes, this pair of Jordans. I'm like, who is this for? Who's this for? And as soon as I, I look at it, I know who it's for. And so I, I, as a person on staff, and so I just got out my phone and I texted them a picture of it. And I'm like, do you want these? And I, I just know it's, it's, you know, I'm supposed to give it to them. And so he sends back me this text. He said, God is so, a lot of O's in a row, so... Amazing! Exclamation, exclamation. Quick story. I was at a family cookout for Memorial Day, and I had these shoes on. Uh, my wife got them for me for my birthday the other week. It was, there was a young teenager there who was friends of the family and was saying he really wanted a pair. So at the end of the night, I said to my wife, the Lord put it on my heart to give these to these young, this young guy. And I did and now look at this it was the same pair of shoes oh come on he said and now look at this speechless exclamation exclamation cry face cry face praise hands praise hands <laughs> um, so this is important why for the young guy it's the love of God it's God showing his love through that for this member, it's it's God showing them like I saw what you did, and I'm a provider just as you are. Like and I, I care about your need, and you can't outgive me. And so he's seeing God, and then I see for I see God because it's like I'm hearing from Him, and all the way around. Like this is the type of synergy that should be happening in the body of Christ. That we are led by the Spirit of God. That if we are sons and daughters of God, we should be hearing from our Father. We are not orphans. We are, we are not people that our Father does not want to speak to. And when these things are in operation in our life, it makes God real. And so at that point, it's not just like, man, I, I rose and slay and bought me a pair of shoes. It's like when I look at my feet, I see God on my feet. God loves me and God, God swore me, like with those types of things that you just see God in your story because God is in the story. And so we need to be craving these spiritual gifts because spiritual gifts make God real. Um, we need to be praying for the gifts of healing. Why? Because when people are healed, it's hard to deny there's a God who loves them. We need to be believing to see the gifts of the spirit in our life. And I'll ask you again, when's the last time you coveted that? Covet spiritual gifts, Paul said, like desire it more than you desire. Like there is no stronger word than covet. In fact, the Bible talks so much about not coveting things, but it's like you want to covet something. You like really want something. He said, want the gifts of the spirit in your life. Want to see God like just move through you and in you because it makes God real in the lives of people. We said prophecy not only makes God real in our lives and in the lives of others, but prophecy is also used by God to to get a clear word in our hearts. Um, that a lot of times God speaks things to our hearts just through the inward witness or through the inward voice, and we know things by the Spirit. But our head comes in and it's like, is that really God, or is that just me, or I'm kind of wrestling with this, or like any of these types of things? And God will use His Word to divide, and we looked at that in Hebrews, to divide soul from spirit. And so God speaks to your heart, but your soul, your mind is like, is that really the Lord? And they're like, there's this inward tension. And so when God speaks a confirming word from the outside to you, your heart realizes that is the Lord. And it begins to put iron in your soul concerning that word. Now, I'm very interested in this, not just for me, but now that my kids are getting older, like I want God's word ironed in their soul. And at the beginning of this year, we had our prayer conference. And it was really neat, Uh, my kids were really touched in that. Now I'm blessed, my kids genuinely love the Lord, like it's a, a neat thing to see the work of the Spirit in their life and it's just been there and I'm incredibly grateful and after it all irons out and they're out of my home and that kind of thing, I may teach on this even more. Um, But I I want to test the the waters first and to make sure what I'm telling you is like producing the fruit that it should. I know toddlers, but now we're in teenagers. Uh, And so out of that, I'm just really fascinated to see the work of the Lord in their life and what that looks like. But I saw my daughter be touched in like a really cool way. Now, my daughter is, like me, a logical thinker. My son, my oldest son, Boston, is like an emotional feeler. You'll see Boston like tears, snot, face on the floor, hands in the air, like he just doesn't care because he doesn't. You know, all of these kinds of things. He's just there. He's in it. And Reese, is, she worships and she's there, but she's very logical, And and that's a good thing. And I I like how God works with emotional feelers and logical thinkers. It's just neat. But I I, I was very interested to see the work of the Spirit in her life. And so I've been praying a good bit for my kids and and praying a good bit for what I thought God had for them. I was actually praying one day and had a vision. I saw their future. And not all of it, but some of it. Uh, Because God will reveal secrets to people who care. And so I care about my kids and I saw glimpses of like what would happen in their lives. And it it eased some concerns, but it also gave me some things to pray for. Because I saw specific things in, in her life that if it did go that way would not be good for her. And I saw, like, I don't know if any of you read those books growing up in school. I don't know if they still make them, but it's like, you get to page, you know, 67, and it's like, you can choose A, and if you choose A, go to page 88. Uh, if you choose B, go to page 68. Um, you know, and that kind of thing. And it would finish out the story based off your choice. And I, I saw my daughter coming to this place of decision of choice, and if she chose A, it would go one way, but if she chose B, it would go another and so out of this, I'm like, what do I do here? Like, do I navigate this by telling her, like, you've got two choices? Or like, do I wait for that moment or that kind of thing? But one of the things that I've been so firm on in regards to my family is I am my wife's husband. If she wants me to be her pastor, fine. But I will not be pastor to her unless she asks. I'm her husband. And I am my, 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 my mother's son. And son is enough. I don't have to be all these other roles. And for my kids, it's the same way. It's like, I am not the Holy Spirit, nor do I want to be in their life. I want to trust the Holy Spirit to be who he is to them. Uh, Because the problem with the children of Israel is they only knew God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They didn't know God as their God, and so they drifted from him. And so God's got to be very real. And the only way for God to be real is to, to, to almost kind of move and to let God get there and fill those gaps. So I'm like, okay, God, let's see what you got. Uh, and so out of that, God really touched her in that prayer conference, particularly when, when Jen came in. And I think it's so interesting because, like, I'm, I'm trying to raise up this culture where you see you in the pulpit and, like, all those kinds of things. But there was something about Jen's ministry that, when my daughter saw it, resonated very strongly with her. And it just, it touched her in a very neat way. And the Holy Spirit began to speak through Jen to her in a way that just ironed out her soul. So out of that, she comes to me afterwards and she starts having conversations with me that I have never had before with her, like asking about all these types of things spiritually. And I can tell her logical brain is like trying to figure it all out. And I'm like, I am game for this. Uh, Like I am in it to win it. Like we used to do these family dinners and when Reese is like 10 and we still do them. But when Reese was like 10, we're like, okay, what questions do you have about scripture? And she's like, why were there no female disciples? I'm like, okay, like I see where you're at. Let's talk about this. Ah, And so she's always been like that logical challenger thinker. And I'm like, I'm game for it. So we start having all of these talks and like all of these types of things that are like very deep in spirit, like not surface level, very deep in spirit. And I can see the work of the spirit in her. And I so wanted to push it, but I could just feel the restraint of God of like, are you going to do this or am I going to do this? Like you, you father. Uh, and so out of this, I knew, I knew what I needed to do is just get her in this meeting and the, this other meeting. I wasn't speaking at it, uh, but I knew I needed to get here, her there. So I sent my wife and her and I knew she was going to get a word. I didn't know how. I didn't know what that looked like because there were a lot of other ministers there. And like all these pastors wives would be there and like my daughter would just be, you know, a face in the crowd. It's like not front row seating. It's just there. But I'm like, I know she needs to get there. God's going to speak to her in some way. So my job is just get her there. And she goes in and her and my wife are there. And like, I'm calling my wife after each meeting. I'm like, did she get a word? It's like, no, no. house service ah, you know, did she in that service? Did she get a word? No. Did she get a word? No. Last night, last night, God sure enough called her out, spoke over her life. And it was about the same things that we had spoken about that I so wanted to just push in her life and like push from me that I could sense the spirit of God on. But God's like, do you want to do this or do you want me to do this? And it came from the outside and like it came from this source. And so it's putting iron in their soul. Now, this is why this is so important, because if there's one thing I've seen from people is people are insecure. And out of this, God will deal with us prophetically to help our insecurities. Uh, an example of this, go over here and let's look at it in the book of Samuel. 1 Samuel. And let's look at chapter 9. You know the story. Israel's like, we want a king. And God's like, I'm your king. And they're like, we don't care. Uh, and so God gives them their request. And he raises up this guy by the name of Saul. Uh, Saul had a problem though, he's very insecure, and so God wants to attack those insecurities. And you know how he does it? With the prophetic word. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 9, um, and we see this in verse 15. Now, a day before Saul's coming, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. So Saul is out looking for his donkeys, he can't find them, and they're like, let's go to the prophet and see if he knows where they are. And so they're having this conversation. But a day before Saul ever sees Samuel, the Lord, is show, the Lord will show you things to come. He'll show you things that your kids are going to have to face. He'll show you things. Why? So you can deal with things by the Spirit. Like literally, one of the job descriptions of the Holy Spirit is literally to show you things to come. Like almost three-fourths of your Old Testament is looking at the future. Uh, so these types of things are critical in our lives and in our walks, and so the Lord is showing him the future, and, and watch why. Now a day before the Lord's coming, the Lord revealed this to Samuel, saying, "About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you will anoint him to be prince over my people Israel, and he will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I've regarded my people because they cry unto me." When Samuel saw, when Samuel saw Saul, say that fast. The Lord said to him, behold, the man of whom I spoke to you, this one will rule over my people notice the prophetic all through here and Saul approached Samuel in the gate and said please tell us where the seer's house is he didn't even know who the seer was and Samuel answered and said unto him I am the seer go up before me in the high place for you will eat with me today and in the morning I will let you go and will tell you all that is on your mind as for your donkeys this is so cool which were lost three days ago do not set your mind on them for they have been found and for whom is that that is all desirable in Egypt in Israel is it not for you you and for your father's house and notice the insecurity i am not a benjamite um i'm of the smallest of the tribes of israel and my family the least of all of the families of benjamin why didn't you speak to me this way uh, and notice he keeps talking and we could read the whole thing but for the sake of time go down to verse 10 our chapter 10 verse 1 then samuel took the flask of oil poured it on his head i, I love the intimacy here kissed him. Once again, we all need the blessing of a father. Like there's something in us that craves these moments of intimacy and blessing that comes from this. And he's getting this through Samuel. God's trying to erase his insecurities. Has not the Lord anointed you to be ruler over his inheritance? When you go for me today, watch the watch how specific this gets. When you go for me today, you will find two men close to Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at the Z place. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. Now behold, your, your father has ceased to be concerned for the donkeys. And now he is anxious for you saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you will go further from there and you will come as far as the Oak of Tabor. And there will be three men going to God at Bethel and one will meet you carrying three young goats. None of this has happened. He's prophesying it. It's like your father's not caring about the donkeys. He's caring about you now. And you're going to go to the Z place and you're going to meet somebody who's carrying three goats. (laughs) It's very specific as to what will happen in his future. And my question is, and you can keep reading, and let's just end with verse number Nine. Then it happened when he turned his back to leave Samuel. God changed his heart, and all those signs came about on that day. So all these things that God spoke to him about that were very specific, they all came to pass. And my question is, is why is God doing this in his heart? Because there's insecurity in Saul. And when God makes him king, literally they can't find him because he's hiding among the baggage. And God is trying to erase that insecurity in his heart. You are hearing from me. You are called by God. I am fighting for you. I do see you. I do see your insecurities. And out of this, I'm fighting to make me Lord in your life. And so prophecy comes to erase those things. And this is why we need to be open to the prophetic word. And this is often why, often also why you need to be bold to give it. Because your hindrance to be bold to give it could be the very thing that God wants to use to erase the insecurity out of someone's life who is called by God to make a decision that they would not make without that confirming word. And thirdly, I'll close with this. Prophecy is a weapon that we contend with prophecy is designed by God to be a weapon that we contend with. First uh, Timothy, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible. Paul's talking to a pastor, and so I just, you know, obviously relate to that. And in first Timothy, he says something very interesting, and we'll look at this in verse number one through 18. First Timothy one and 18. He said, this I command and entrust to you, Timothy, my son. And this is not his natural son. For those of you who may be new to Christianity, it's a spiritual son. Uh, Paul is his father in the faith. And uh, he says, I want you in accordance, watch this, with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the fight of faith. Notice. Take the prophecies that have been made concerning you. Take the prophecies that have been made concerning you. And what do I do with those prophecies? I fight a good warfare with those prophecies. And so I'll ask you, what prophecies have been made about you? Well, I I see these prophecies in scripture. I know, but what prophecies have been spoken unto you? And he said, the prophecies that have been spoken unto you, take those prophecies and war a good warfare with that. Now, this is literally all throughout Timothy. He says the same thing. Go over to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. And let's look here in verse number 14. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. Uh, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Take pains with these things. What things? The prophecies. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them. And he says that as you are, your progress will be evident unto all. So he says, here's what I want you to do with these prophecies. I want you to fight a good fight with them. I want you to be absorbed in them. Uh, When Jesus is coming to the earth, you see all these prophetic words from all these different people come to Mary. I mean, they're coming through multiple different sources. You have uh, shepherds who have seen angels and you have wise men who have come and give gifts and you've got a prophet and a prophetess who are like greeting you in the temple and they're speaking all these things concerning your son. And you know what it says Mary did? It said she treasured those things in her heart. Are your prophecies your treasure? She treasured those things in her heart. He said, Timothy, be absorbed with the prophecies that have been spoken unto you, that you need to war a good warfare with those things. And and I want to encourage you, because I really feel like this was the point that I needed to just kind of emphasize. And when I say emphasize, I don't mean preach along with, I mean end with. But here you see, like when God speaks in prophecy, it's to reveal to you the will of God. But apparently what he speaks in revealing to you the will of God is not enough in your life to take you to the will of God. That To take you to the will of God, you have to take what he has spoken to you about the future, and you've got to war good warfare with those things. That you've got to take what He has said that you will be and war good warfare with those things. That you've got to pray those things out. You've got to treasure those things in your life. You've got to speak those things out. You must war a good warfare with that prophetic word. And here's where the warfare is at. It's, it's not just like a, a warfare out there spiritually speaking, but there are things out there that need to be combated with the word. We see that in the book of Daniel chapter 9. But the the thing that you're really warring warring for is your heart. Uh, That in your own heart, and, and Paul wrote about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he said that there are lies that have been built up in your heart that are like fortresses around your heart. And they are strongholds that are keeping God's word from you. And he said, the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God for the pulling down of those strongholds, that we are not to allow those lies to have our heart, because when you listen to the lie, you empower the liar. When you listen to the lie, you empower the liar. But out of this, we take what God has spoken to us and said, this is God's truth concerning me and this is God's truth concerning, in my case, my church, my family, my kids, and I am warring a good warfare with those things. And I don't care what I see in the natural and I don't care what the enemy tries to do in my kids or on the job or whatever it may be. I know what God has said. And every time you make that fight of faith with that proclamation of what God has spoken, It's moving things out here, but even maybe more importantly, it's moving things in here. Because the issue is, if you can get your heart to believe that prophecy as truth, that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will see mountains move in your life. And everything that you're seeing out here in the natural, it's trying to penetrate your heart too. And you pull back and you say, that is not what I believe. I've got some things I've been treasuring. I've got some things I've been absorbed with. i got some things that God has spoken about me. Some things that God has spoken about my life. Some things that God has spoken about my children. Some things that God has spoken about my health. And it will be unto me according to God's word in my life. And I'm not going to be afraid. And I'm not going to be Nervous, And I'm not going to be downcast. And somebody says, what in the world is that? That is warring a good warfare with the prophecies that have been made concerning you. Uh, that out of this, like faith is a rest. Yes, but faith is also a fight. Um, that in Mark 10, Jesus is like, unless you're like a little child, you'll not re- enter into the kingdom of heaven. and It's like, OK, like I'll come and just rest in him and just open up my hands. And then in Mark 11, he's like, you know what you got to do? You got to take it by force and you got to speak to mountains. And it's like, which one is it? And the, the answer is it's both Is you fight the fight of faith until you enter into that rest that the fight is to enter into that rest. Let us labor to enter into that rest. And when you're not at rest, it's because what God has spoken does does not match the inner convictions of your heart. And you are fighting the fight of faith until what God has spoken to you by his word becomes the inner convictions of your heart, where it has replaced every lie concerning your future. And when you close your eyes, you see the promises of God and not the adversity around you. What has God spoken over your children? What has God spoken over your family? What has God spoken over your sons? What has God spoken over your daughters? Like Mary, are you treasuring that? Are you speaking those things or those things hidden in your heart? Begin fighting that fight of faith because the word of God, it is powerful and it is quick. And when what you're speaking lines up with what you hold in your heart, you will see mountains move in front of you. Uh, Throughout my life, I've seen God just come and and do things that have been nothing short of miraculous. Um, If for those of you who have attended our church, like you've seen three churches given to us in two years. um, None of that was without Prophecy. Literally, each one of those moves God spoke to me about. Uh, God showed me those things before they happened. And the fight was not out here in the natural. The fight was here in my, my inside to, like, see it and to go back to those prophetic words. Uh, Jen spoke a prophetic word over me at the prayer conference and talked about how I would be put before kings And when I would be put before these kings, I would have words for them. And here over the past couple of weeks, I've been put before people like NBA coaches. And as soon as I see them, prophetic words. And and these types of moments where God is like lining up things to be able to speak prophetically in the lives of people. But it's because I've been warring a good warfare with that word, seeing myself being able to be used by God for some of those things. And, and I want you to come to this place where like this is so much more than like cute Christianity. But this is something where like genuinely I'm hearing from God. And, and I know I've heard from God and I'm taking these things out and I'm walking these things out. I'm going to see these things be worked out in my life. And and when you do, it's like this great adventure. And, and all these things that you see in, in life, it's like it's not hard because it's sustained by his grace, And so I just want to encourage you to like crave prophecy, be enamored with it, crave the next word from God and crave to be a vessel that God can speak through. Amen. Amen. Let's stand our feet tonight. Let's worship the Lord. Uh, Father, we come before you tonight and we just thank you that we draw near to you with a sincere heart. And I thank you, Father, by the power of your Spirit, that you just move in a way that is so real even in our own hearts. That, Father, your Holy Spirit would show us things to come that your Holy Spirit would be poured out upon us and upon our sons and upon our daughters and that they would know your spirit and that they would be filled with your spirit, that they would be touched by your hand and quickened by your voice, Be big in us, Jesus. Be big in us, Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just worship Him today.